0: What you're about to hear is a conversation between myself, Zora, and Allison. They are both event planners. Allison plans retreats internationally and also manages a yoga studio in Toronto. Zora has been an event planner for most of her career, in fact, maybe all of it. We all talk about fairly positive aspects of COVID for us. And the way in which we have all three of us managed to thrive, despite the fact that I have closed my bricks and mortar studio and Allison and Zora have both either struggled to pivot or have, as Zora put it, been retired by COVID. When I turned the mic off, it was then that we started to talk about the day stretching out ahead and wondering how to fill it and that there can be a sense of depression in that. And unfortunately, I didn't catch that part of the recording or that part of the conversation because it was an important piece where as positive as the three of us are, we did then acknowledge the difficulty, the struggle with purpose and meaning in a year that's been fairly like an abyss. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the conversation. What I notice in this podcast series is that the conversations I've had are fairly positive with people that have had a fairly positive experience with the pandemic. I hope that some of the conversations have left you feeling less alone. I hope that you found relatable content, although each one of us, although in the same storm, are in very different boats. Here you go. So my friends... There's a few things to talk about today, as usual, because we always have a lot to talk about. But what are some of the lessons you've had? And specifically, when you think about from a woman's perspective, are you aware of anything that separates your experience from that of men?
1: I'm always very wary when doing the male-female thing. And because uh, I have a husband who's not typical, and I have a son and and a son-in-law... And so I don't feel them fitting into this, Mm -hmm. us, and them. And so I'm always, and and I'm not saying that doesn't exist. It's just in my life, it doesn't exist. Uh, However, the one thing is, and I think it's more about personal, about personalities than about male, female, because like, I feel Uh, Yeah, yeah, Kendall's far more uh, comfortable being on his own for long periods of time and being completely content. That's his, he's very introverted. That's his preferred state. And when, you know, he, when it's a social occasion, he rises to it, it's all great. Um, So I think it's more personality. So between him and I, absolutely, I'm, I'm the one who would want to be having people over all the time and I'm missing that. Whereas, you know, when I look at my, uh, my son and my son-in-law, they're very much social people and they're, they're kind of on the other camp. So that's, that's my perspective on the male-female. But like I said, it's a very personal one. It's mm-hmm. not, I couldn't extend it, you know, past my circle.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting what you're saying, Zora, because I tend to agree with you. Um, I find it's more extrovert-introvert. And I'm an introvert, a socialized introvert. Mm-hmm. So I, I get my energy from my alone time. So in a weird way, I was built for this pandemic, right? To a point, to a point, because I'm good being on my own and working from home and um, sort of nesting, hunkering down until I'm not. And then that's where I crave my, more than anything, my women friends, Sort of to answer your question about community, Allie, it's my my women community has been a godsend to me with this you know Zoom. Um, I've been connected to friends of mine who you know are in the city who live internationally more than ever before. Whether it's a happy hour or you know just hooking up the Zoom on a Saturday morning, and the other thing that I've really noticed is booking walks with friends and family members, and that's the way that I get my connection, and where I get my, I, that's how I recharge, and it's beautiful, whether it's winter or mm-hmm. summer, and I, I do agree with you that women are more, oh, oh, that's very superlative, are generally relationship-driven, so that's that's my experience as an introvert.
0: Yeah, and I don't even mean it as, as an us and them at all. There's so much good that's come out of COVID, I think. I agree. I agree. And there's so much actually freedom that uh, that the lockdowns have created for me in my life. It's given me permission to not pretend I want to do something on New Year's Eve, for example. Right. right? And I love those walks and I love parallel conversations, you know where you're walking side by side? I miss someone touching my forearm in a conversation. Well, it's, it's interesting. You should say that as a, you know, as a single woman,
2: you know, people often say, how's it been for you? And it, it has been difficult because I'm a hugger and not being able to hug people was difficult, particularly at the beginning, but then you adapt and you just, you know, you just get used to it. That being said, I've been booking massages, you know, masked as masked up as we need to be, but that too has been a real um, saving grace for me
1: and and i I have included um our my family as part of our bubble, and it was much bigger than it was supposed to be, but so they're all there are ten of us in total because my kids each have two children right so that's a f- you know family of four family of four and the and the two of us. And, you know, when you're around four grandchildren from, you know, age five down to one, there's a lot of physicality. So I must say that I have, you know, I probably had far more um, than other people have, like normalcy within a family. It has actually brought our family really close together because there's no one else to socialize with. and incredible it warms my heart to see my two kids spend so much time together I mean so much time as like f- young families good like every couple of weeks they'll see each other whereas if this wasn't COVID time they would maybe see each other for family birthdays or Easter right like it mm-hmm. wouldn't be this and it feels so good for me to see that. So on one hand, like my life has been really wonderful. On the other hand, it has completely turned upside down. I mean, I, like I have lost the work I love. Yeah. I've not, I've not had a day of work since uh, early February of last year and there's no, and because I was an independent consultant contractor um, and there's no sign of work for definitely for this year. and who knows what it's going to look like um, in you know the following year? So in that sense, it's like okay, you know, work defines us, and and sp- and if we love it, it defines us even more. Mm-hmm. And for Allison, just like for Allison, work is also part of my love, which is travel right. and being with people, being at events, and so that is completely being taken away. And I will often joke. That COVID retired me, and I mean, I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm I'm hoping that you know there will be something for me down the road. It's coming back, Zora. Trust me, it's yeah, coming it's back. yeah, yeah, it's coming back. So that part is completely different, and uh, yet I was part of a, a charity and I was on a board for a couple of years and I was way too busy to to work at it. Whereas now. I've stepped up so much, like I'm a lot of work and I'm, so I'm learning. So I I have no, um, no lack of, you know, um, uh, self-directed projects. And I'm, so I'm, I'm doing charity work. Ali, your yoga has been, you know, a savior and it's that 10 o'clock. Like people know if we want to get together, it's after 11, you know, because I've got my, I've got my friendship, I've got my yoga, I've got, right. So, so that I've got exactly what you say to have that you know I never used to make my bed all the time now I always make my bed So there you know you put certain things in place so that even if that day looks kind of empty you will you put something in place to get you started and then off you go
0: it's so- such an important piece when you're feeling like um like such extreme change has happened mm-hmm. that to create the foundational stuff in your day at least for me, anyway, it saves me till about two or three in the afternoon. And then, then I might go a bit squirrely in losing my structure and my mind. But mm-hmm. it's really smart to do that.
1: So life is really like it's very different. Uh, at the same time, it's just beautiful. I have mm-hmm. never in my life been able to uh, put this much energy into myself. Yeah. I've never been able to look after my health the nourishment, the food I eat, all those things have changed. Mm-hmm. I'm saying to someone that, you know, when you're working and it's not self-directed, it's, you know, you're working for someone or something. There are always things that kind of give, like make your skin prickle a little bit because you're all co- constantly made to do things that you don't want to do. And mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean that, you know, you don't do a good job, but you will do that and you'll feel accomplished, but it gives you this thing. I've lost, like, I feel that everything I'm doing now, because it's self-directed, I don't get that prickliness in my skin. It's like... You're in the flow. I'm I'm choosing to learn French. I'm choosing to do this. I'm choosing to make a big meal and deliver it to people. Like, so I'm more self-directed.
0: I do feel like COVID's given me uh, an outlet um, or permission to say, well, what do you want? What do I want in a day? Or... Or, you know, for me, closing the studio was an acceleration of a five-year plan. I didn't want to close the studio. I wanted to sell it, but I didn't want to run a studio after five years from this point. Well, COVID totally accelerated that, and I didn't ask for a pandemic (laughs) to be the thing that brought that on. I feel like there's so much good amidst the chaos of it. I agree. I agree. I think if if you, um,
2: calling it the global reset, I know that's been thrown around And I've said this to a few of my friends. I said, you know, the whole metaphor, well, it's not really a metaphor. The actuality of staying inside is about going inside ourselves Mm -hmm. and really looking at how we've been to ourselves, to each other, in the world, to the world, right? And um, I know everybody wants to rush back to normal. I think if we do that, we've missed the point of this I right? agree. because there were so many lessons to be learned, whether it's environmentally, we've seen this, the changes that all of this has um, had on our planet. It's, um, you know, Zora and I weren't in, in an industry that has been decimated. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a, a travel company and I hate the, I hate this word pivoting our business model because mm-hmm. I don't think it gives it the importance of what changing on a dime, yeah. Into, right? Yeah, and and like going from we we, t- we had to cancel a, a whole bunch of trips for twenty twenty. I said my twenty twenty travel plans were too good to be true, and clearly they were. <laughs> But, and then going virtual, and that's a whole new learning. How do you put on virtual experiences? Reaching out to, to my contacts internationally. Some said, no, that's not our thing. And so I had a massive learning curve at the beginning of this. You know, we said mm-hmm. um, Friday, March 13th, 2020 was the day the music died for us, because that's when it really sunk in that. What is this going to mean? Yeah. And, um, and so it was, it was an uphill slog. I kind of say it was like slogging through pudding to figure out this new, I'm calling it enhancement to our business. And in that, the difficulty or the challenges of that came a new way of being for me. In that, And Zora made reference to that about your yoga. Oh, my goodness. I have a practice now. Wow. like I have a morning practice whereas in the before life <laughs> right you would get up you'd rush out the door you'd get you know you you'd throw your throw your clothes on not in that order first throw your clothes on then go out the door <laughs> right and get busy you're just busy 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 always doing 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 and now it gave us an opportunity to kind of stop and go as so you said what do I want yeah and so
1: that's been a huge gift. And it is difficult to know what one wants after years and years of such programming as working all your life and, and like basically having such a schedule, right? Because most of us, what would be our holidays? You know, three, four weeks a year, whatever it was, right? When you have this. And all of a sudden to have this space, it can be overwhelming. It can because you know sometimes you'd wake up. That's why, like you said about the schedule, Ali, it's scary when you have a day stretching ahead of you. Never mind a day; it's it's scary when you have months stretching ahead of you. How do I fill them? Like I'm, you know, I'm 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 not used to this. This is so new, and it takes a long time. I'm um, I'm going to see. A chiropractor who does lots of energy work and uh, she does either she's magical and so she did this test for me and my nervous system was like shot to hell in in right. September and now I've improved 12% and she was saying, mm-hmm. oh my god this is so amazing I said 12% she says believe me this is really good and she says how many years has it taken of stress in your life to put into your body and so she said We need more time to get you (laughs) to a different place, right? I think that's a great
2: phrase because I think, you know, everybody, I thought COVID was gonna be over in a couple of months and we'd be, you know, but you know, get it handled and let's move on. And um, it's not the case because Mm -hmm. we do need more time. Mm -hmm. We need to make a change, right? I've been
0: thinking about how people are saying oh, we're going to open up again. I'm like, no, not yet. I'm not ready.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think we got it yet. I
1: think I agree with you. I don't think we have it yet. Mm-hmm. And I and I love what you said about, I may not want to go to a New Year's Eve party and this is nice that, you know, like I can, I have an excuse. There are many times that I remember, like now that I'm thinking of it, like I would go somewhere because I would feel obligated. Mm-hmm necessarily because I wanted to which added to the the drain on your energy right because you've got your work and you've got your family and maybe elderly parent whatever you know mother mother mother-in-law and then you have these other things that that are that we're supposed to be doing I know it's more like my you know it's directed socially but I was, I'm probably my worst enemy, right? When, you know, putting all these things on. And, and Ali, I'm sure you talked about this a lot throughout um, the yoga uh, classes. And it's about doing that. Mm -hmm. At least I would define myself what I did. So, you know, at night, I'd go to bed and I'd have this little checklist. Oh, well, I saw my 97 year old mother-in-law check. I talked to my kids check. Oh, I called my cousin who has, Check, you know, yeah. dinner delivered. A check. Did oh oh no, I didn't do my exercises. Oh darn. Okay, well, you know, another day. But that was that was how I evaluated my day,
0: and yourself,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. whether or not you're validation.
2: productive, right? External validation. That's yeah. what I'm learning is to get it from within, yeah. right? Because but it's-, it's
1: even coming. I thought it was coming from within, but I have to learn to get rid of that. Like. I don't need to, I should be able to go to bed at night without having checked off 10 no. It's Like maybe, maybe one, or maybe don't even think about it. Just go to bed and just, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I, you know. Clearly there's a lot more learning to be there.
0: <laughs> oh, I have, the, I have the whole self-evaluation. Did you, what did you eat today? Mm-hmm. What did you drink today? Were you good? oh my god can that stop please i know i know but it's quiet enough finally that i can hear it yeah and we're our own
2: worst enemies so this is as you said this is a time for us that it's like it's pushing on our demons so they're they're ugly, ugly heads and it's 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 fascinating to see that in every aspect of my life i'm being tested how 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 is this working for you Right, and it's the theme, whether it's in work, personal life, pers- yeah, all of that. It's it's the same theme that seems to be pushing
1: on me.
0: Mm-hmm. Which and is it that. will it will drive till you get it. Right, I
2: know. <laughs> I'm not a quick study, clearly.
1: <laughs> and you know how we're we're always asking. Are these lessons here to stay? Hopefully, because we're hoping, right? We're hoping that this is something that it, that will stick and it will change. And maybe there are enough of us involved that it will change. Because I remember when um, my first husband died and it was a time of huge change and devastation and, you know, a lot of learning. And so I felt like I became wiser, right? I became wiser because I went through this unique unique experience. And yet I felt like it didn't really, I mean, it changed me forever a little bit. At the same time, you know, after being very introspective, I got back into regular life. After being devastated and introspective and, you know, so I lost some things, I gained a lot of things. But then, you know what, then I went, okay, then once I started feeling good and happy again, I somewhat continued in the Zora way. So I don't know, hopefully something stuck, but then, you know, maybe that was an individual experience. Hopefully now, because all of us are going through this together, uh, and maybe that will be the important thing that we have each other, we have a community community within community within community and hopefully we can remind each other and maybe we'll have we'll we'll have to have some kind of post-COVID sessions where we're going to say ah okay let's 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 not forget we need to remember what we learned and not lose it so well
0: unfortunately I think climate change is going to make sure that that's true Hmm. and that's Partly, I feel like the emergence out of this has to be, I don't mean man and woman, but I think that there is a feminine quality to how we will emerge out of this in terms of fertile, you know, and loving and somehow a return to surrender to cycles, which is a more feminine energy than masculine. And I, that's partly the reason for these conversations as well as I think that there are a lot of men that are going to be with us on this but I do think it's going to be female led or feminine energy led
2: I just I would like there to be a balance we've been so lopsided for so long yeah and I think it's time for um for the female or the feminine to to take our place its place next to the, the 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 male right? Yeah. King and queen together, as opposed yeah. to predominantly king. That's, my, that's my hope
0: is that and, there is a balance. And do you see, like, I feel like that's been happening over the last decade or more, that there's been a rebalancing. And I, I was just talking to someone about collaboration and the way that I heard that the new competition is collaboration. And that was a few years ago, that I heard that, but I feel like there is a movement toward like, when you look at all the movements of female CEOs and stuff like that, not to say that it's I really don't mean it to minimize it as just women but there is this collaborative quality that I think we're starting to see Mm -hmm. the teeter-totter go and yeah Mm -hmm. how do we find that fine balance because that also needs the masculine energy that we all hold is masculine and feminine Mm -hmm. and both need to start to learn harmony
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and some of Uh, us have
2: been lopsided ourselves oh gosh right more masculine than feminine
0: yeah, and it's 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 coming into balance. Like how much was rest a part of your life before covid? <laughs> Never. Rose. Yeah, it wasn't
1: a, yeah, exactly, it wasn't part of it.
0: How about receiving?
1: Receiving? I'm so much more comfortable giving. It's about balance, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For me it's also about control. If I'm the one giving all the time, I'm in the end I'm in control,
1: right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no!
0: It's <laughs> oh, true. Oh, else. Oh. <sighs> I just got my money's worth there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right.
1: Yeah, at the same time, all giving is not about control, right? Absolutely. And, and Ally, just with yeah, and Ally, especially, like, come on.
2: <laughs> but and your statement, the penny dropped with me too. Like, yeah. okay, what? What's my motivation? Yes, there is, you know, pure unconditional giving. And then hmm, maybe not so
0: unconditional. One of the demons that's come for me through COVID is really seeing um, that when I was 12 and 13, we had a big family disruption that you guys know a lot about. And somewhere in there, my grandmother said to me, you are a rock. And she meant it as a compliment. Mm -hmm. And I swear from that day forward, my body got tighter and tighter and tighter and more like a rock. And so what I'm noticing is that I am far more comfortable with holding space for others, giving to others. But for me to actually surrender palms up. So when I'm thinking about collaborating in the future on a yoga studio, for example, so I don't want to own a studio again, I'd love to collaborate with other teachers. And I am aware, as I disclose this as a very fresh insight, <laughs> riskily, that um, I'm going to have to check in with my ego around that. I'm really going to have to give up a lot of my own internal attachment to power over and I espouse power with and power from within. But whew, COVID's helping me see that that is not a done deal. As an aside to that, it's about
2: there's, there's no longer room for the wounded healer. Right. Right. Well said. It can heal thyself.
1: It frees you f- because you can be you can still be very effective and not internalizing it, right?
0: Well and not be burdened by the responsibility, not not right? Not be burdened. It seems to like for all of us the spiritual is in the physical through covid, hey? Like in your day-to-day do you find that you're feeling like it's more infused?
1: I do, and I think your yoga is has been a cornerstone. And I'm, I need to say something about your yoga. It's given me a completely like this permission to oh, it's okay if you just do ten minutes. It's okay if you just do the twenty minutes. And mm-hmm. you know what? Like your sloppy pigeon, like it's okay if your body's not exactly this way and that way, but it's still beneficial. Whereas before, honestly. I just, I didn't do it because I just thought, how can I do this position without the teacher with, or without all the props telling me this is right or this is wrong? And I thought I I thought I would hurt myself.
2: Hmm. Isn't that a metaphor for life? Really? Yeah. You know, where do we stop ourselves because we think it's too hard or we've been triggered with trauma or I, I, I can't go there, I can't do, Yeah. yeah. I'm
1: not enough, right? It's so revolutionary for me that, oh, the fact that I can now say, I can still, you know, before I say, oh, no, I'm just doing some stretches, because I would never call it yoga. Right. Yoga was there. Whereas now I can I proudly say that I do my yoga. And well, 20 minutes is
0: okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. And in having a knee that has issues, number one, it makes you human but it certainly doesn't make you wrong. And I think that's a huge part of it too. It's like if I have any issue in my body, well I'm wrong. And so I have to hammer that through and make myself right again. And I think every day we're going to be symptomatic. So how do you want to work with it?
2: I love that every day we're going to be symptomatic. That the, there's something freeing
1: in that. What we do with ourselves instead of like we wouldn't treat a child like that. We there as in with me i'm always i've been in pain since i was 19 i always have issues and now my latest is the you know torn meniscus and so it, it's always like it's been part of it so this was such a nice way of um dealing with it What hmm. like you said yeah anyway how is
0: that parallel too with the earth right with the way we've treated her you yeah. know i was talking to someone i have a retreat in may and so we are doing an instagram whatever live instagram thing today the retreat place and myself and she was asking me about i don't know it doesn't matter anyway and ended up talking about stewardship and i was saying how i think where we have to get to and what i want to share with people is the stewardship of self others and the earth so we you know if you're going to steward a parts of land you need to know that land right you need to get to know it and what does it need to be thriving i think about you know mom's friend um and on their 50th wedding anniversary how did you do it how did how did you stay married for this long? And he said, it really matters to me that Anka feels fulfilled in her life. Mm-hmm. I think stewardship is like that too, where I want that forest to be as healthy as possible for all the reasons. And then what about your relationship to others? And then what about your relationship to self? And she said, "So, so what you're saying is you have to work on yourself first. And I said, no, I think that one of those three needs to be your gate but it's going to be different for every person like i couldn't be nice to myself first that was way too hard but i could give to others and now i feel like oh okay now it's here Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that's a long time coming well
2: i i want to say that i you know I, i follow a number of different groups and pages and things and i i saw this quote and you can let me, let me know what you think. It says, economic growth has been anti-life. Yeah. What we are doing to the forests of the world is a mirror reflection of what we are doing to ourselves and one another.
1: Yeah.
2: That, when I saw that, I just, it hit me straight smack plump between the eyes, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. it's um, So to your point. You know, it's a reflection of of our own self-worth and and, and how we feel about ourselves and how is how we treat the you.
0: So how do you see it if we're starting to emerge from this COVID, COVID part? How do we emerge out of this with the people who do want everything to go back to normal and yet holding on to the truth that this time has given us? Well, this is fast. It's a fascinating
2: way you just ask that question because what, what's what been really coming up for me during COVID is I have had opportunities to really make me stand in my, have my standards, keep mm-hmm. my standards and have boundaries, right? To really, it's really forced me to to, to, to stand in what I believe mm-hmm. for me. And as you say that, I'm thinking, I think this is the, This has been, COVID has been practice for me to stand in that, in my beliefs and my standards, so that I can be in the gale force wind of those who wanted to go back to normal.
1: And I think we just do it like we do everything else. We do it in our small social circles that grow, that grow, and grow. And I think that's how we start. Because we won't, I think we won't let each other forget and we'll call each other out when uh, when we may stray. I, I don't want to say I'm not an activist because if it, you know, I probably am an activist. I'm just not loud about it. And, and,
0: so- and you touch more people in the way you are than if you were, like you're going to touch the people that you're supposed to touch because of who you are. You know, it's interesting in the beginning of the conversation, too, Zora, you talked about death. You talked about your husband dying. And Mm -hmm. this conversation reminds me of times when I've had when I've lost loved ones. And especially if they're younger and unexpected, that there's this crystal clarity that comes through for a time. Like I remember when I was in my 20s, my really good friend died in a car accident and he was a beautiful man. I remember getting phone bills afterwards for the calls i had made Mm -hmm. to tell people that he had died and i was like that's not right you know there was just this crystal clarity of what mattered in life Mm -hmm. and then i and with every one of those people that has died i love the rawness of that time i don't love death but i love the rawness that it brings and i'm so sad when it starts to go And I start to forget. And this conversation reminds me of that, of we're in the crystal clarity of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and as much as we want the pain to end for people, I don't really want the time to end.
1: Wow.
0: Wow. It's a really special time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I I
2: agree. I agree. It's, it's allowed us to, um, to really, as I said, at the beginning of this podcast, it, to really look at ourselves, determine what's truly important, and and sometimes I, I I have this feeling of despair when I think of, you know, climate change and and you know big tech and big pharma and all of all of the stuff that that uh, is is changing our world. And I think I'm overwhelmed. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. And back to your points, or it's all about. Do what you can within your own sphere of influence, yeah. right?
1: Because I think if we don't do that, that you nothing
2: become, will ever change.
1: Yeah. Or and you will become just uh, like desperate, right? Like if you feel if you feel you cannot control anything, if you feel you have no hand in making anything better, that's a really terrible way to live. Whereas like if you, if we can shrink. You know, Ali, I love what you say sometimes when at the end of a practice, you know, we we grow our roots and we grow our branches. And sometimes you'll say, you know what, today you may not have the energy to spread your branches really wide and protect others. So, you know what, keep them really close to. And there Mm. definitely where I did, I felt like I did not have, you know, an ounce of energy to give to anyone else. So, you know, the branches didn't go very far. And so it's the same thing, I think, with helping with helping others that you know there we just need to keep it close and then many people and Ali you say it too that you know it's when we improve ourselves we can't help but um, influence the the people around us so but so my hope is that when we can do it microscopically like small communities, family, and by family, I mean our, commu- our you know, immediate community, not just our immediate family. I think we have to believe that that is important. We, we have to believe that that is as effective because listen, if everyone was having this conversation, if 50% of the population was having this conversation now, yeah. we would be so far ahead.
0: When I was at um, in master's doing environmental studies, I was so, str- well, actually it was even in undergrad when we I did native studies and my friend Shelly and I sat in our, our rented apartment and said, what can we talk about that isn't depressing? Like we were just bombarded by yeah. depressing information. And that's when I came to understand that if I let myself know about everything that's going wonky in the world, I would be paralyzed in bed. So like finding for me what my right action is and what my strength is, is a huge part of knowing how I can help. But I can't know that until I know myself and until I make myself resilient enough to get out there and and do those things. And I guess what I've come to now, too, is that it's all about bringing love into the world. You know, I heard an elder say that Mm -hmm. and start with with you. And then because if it's not infused in me, I get cranky and edgy. And now I'm seeing that. I'm like, yeah. "Oh, because you didn't love yourself today." So then I resent when other people want something.
1: And the wonderful thing about that about love is that there's there's no end to it. Like you could you could love as many people uh, you it's it, you could love infinite number of people, yeah. whereas you know you can only have so much energy to fight for this cause or that cause or that cause. So with love, it definitely makes it it makes it easier because it's infinite from you. And it doesn't, and it's not something that saps you. It actually when you love, it energizes. It gives you energy, right? Yeah. It 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 gives you something that is not weakening you.
2: It's it's interesting that you've said this because I've just started rereading. Marianne Williamson's book of return to love. Mm -hmm. And it's just spectacular. And it's just reinforcing or reminding me, right. Of, of what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful read. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think it's okay to be offended. It's okay to get angry. I think that's part of what love is too, right. Is to say, no, that's not okay. And I love the planet enough or I love myself enough to say no. I think sometimes it can be thought of as kind of wishy-washy or, I don't know, hippy-dippy, whatever people want to put it down to. But when you really sit in it, it's so powerful. I'm hearing theme going on that I must emerge out of COVID having accomplished something really monumental. Like one of those master classes or I need to have written my opus or... I, I don't want us to invade this COVID time with not enoughness.
2: Again, there's sort of two camps, people whose lives have not changed and they're watching Netflix and and yes. baking bread and other people whose livelihood have taken a huge beating. How I want to emerge from this, because at the beginning of COVID, I was a do, 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 have to change, have to survive. Yeah. I I want to feel that... Not only did I survive COVID, I was able to thrive and come out, not having written an opus or done a thesis, but just being that I'm a I'm a better better I don't like that word um, person than I was at the beginning of this. I've learned a lot and realized that you know what? Not only did I learn a lot, I did a lot, and I'm still here.
0: I have thrived in COVID I feel like I have really thrived and I thought it's not survivor guilt it's thriver guilt (laughs) for all the people that have had a terrible time and lost their businesses and have not been able to pivot
2: or lost family members
0: oh or and not been able to say goodbye and all of that yeah which we're fortunate you know I think
2: that's a I think you have a point there thriver guilt
0: when we first started all this like at early covid days I was at home Paul would watch me go in fairly depressed yeah and I would go into the office and he'd hear me say good morning Zora good morning Allison and he would just laugh and I would come out completely changed and so that has taught me about reciprocity it really has taught me like it stuns me that people show up on Facebook live still 12 months later it stuns me. And people show up on Zoom when there are so many other teachers that they could show up for. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning how to receive.
2: Yeah, acknowledge your mastery.
0: Thank you. Because you are harder. changing the world,
2: right? You are changing in, 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 like we were saying, our own sphere. It's the yeah. ripple effect. Global effect, my friend, you have a global effect.
0: Yeah. Well, girls, I loved this.